This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League Rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Welcome to the fifth and last NRL podcast, Origin Preview Edition. As always, we're going to kick things off with an interview with a former New South Wales player himself, the Wild Panther, Mark Goyer. So let's jump straight into it. Time four, ten in the bin with the Wild Panther, Mark Goyer. And here he is again, the Wild Panther himself, Mark Guy. What's going on, big man? What's going on, man? Good night tonight, boys. I'm, uh, look, I've got, a, I've got a feeling tonight. I don't know, I don't know about you, blokes, but the last seven years, I think I've said this um, many times. Um, I think <laughs> the Blues will prevail, but tonight there's something about um, our team, our, our makeup of the team um, that, that I'm really excited about, in particular. Um, look, I know Gallon's a, a massive loss, but so many times you see um, teams come from uh, they turn adversary into something really special, and I'm thinking that the Blues might do that tonight without their inspirational captain. Well, I'd really like to agree with you, but after seven years, I'm going to compare my feelings as a child in an orphanage that just hasn't been picked up yet. Until it happens, <laughs> I'm not going to believe it. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, that kid uh, someday will get a foster child, and hopefully tonight's the night. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping that some bloke's about to come pick me up and finally give me a home, because it's been a long time <laughs> out in the cold. Well, it's the first decider in New South Wales since 2008, so mm. when you put that put it into perspective of that, um, or in that perspective, I mean, we haven't really had this sort of scenario throughout Queensland's run, so it probably puts us in... Uh, a better position than what we have been at least over the last you know four or five years since 2008. But um, after game two, I guess uh, you know we're all probably a little bit worried. But a lot of people need to remember that Queensland had the ball for the first 12, 25 minutes and the game was pretty much over. So yeah, it was. Um, that's, that's a good point, I think, and, and that's why I'm glad to see Aaron Woods get another run. Aaron, Aaron Woods basically defended for 25 minutes in that first game, and he would have been thinking to himself, you know, I this Origin. It's a nightmare, you know. Or whatever did this time is, is tackled. I think he would have been itching to get another chance, and yeah. unfortunately, it's a, it's a result of an injury. But that's how luck's made. Um, he's uh, Paul Gallon's loss could be Aaron Woods's gain. He's a type of bloke who I think look, he, he can mix it with. He can mix it with the best. He's been picked on ability, and 
Um, but I think his club form has been inspirational for the Tigers. He's been one shining light for him in a pretty dismal season. And um, you put you couple you couple him with a, a bloke like Boyd Cordner, who I think was born to play Origin. Um, and I think we've pulled the right rein. I think as well. Uh, you, you look at the surface up in. Suncorp for game two, very <coughs> Queensland friendly, if, I, if you could say that. Um, I think even though we've had a bit of rain through the week here and it's saying tonight looks pretty good, um, I still think there might be a bit of slippery, slippery slide out there tonight and I think that that could favour us. Yeah, well, New South Wales, ain't the stadium especially, always seems to favour us and I think uh, with Tarmau and Fafita in particular, especially Tarmau, he's got a massive point to prove having mm-hmm. been picked and saying himself that he doesn't feel like he deserves to have been picked uh, on that soggier track. I think we got uh, that's the one big positive for me. I, and I have to put it out right now. We've said it already before. Fafita plays almost 65 to 70 minutes with the Sharks. I think he should be looking almost like a James Graham situation. If he's not going to start him after he goes on for 20, for me, he'd have to almost stay out there for the rest of the game. Yeah, he's a type of bloke who can... I think he, he looks a deceiving. Even though he looks like he's, he might be carrying a couple of extra kilos, I, I think that's the way he plays. That's... That's the way he's suited. He, he, he's one of them blokes who I think can, can play, you know, 50, at least 50 minutes in origin. Um, you know, even though it's a lot faster, it's a lot quicker, um, the, the hits are a lot more intense. I think for feeder, he's proven at club level this year in particular that he's just gone to another level with his game. And uh, you, you, you tend to reward the, the confidence players and the, the players who have been great, going great for their club, and he's one of them. He's, he's, a bloke, he's the type of bloke who just thrives on being on the field and... He actually loves being part of the rugby league game. And I love players like that. Um, uh, but then you, you look at a bloke like Tarmow, who you just mentioned, Lewis, and his uh, whole season has been pretty disrupted, uh, both on and off the field. And he's, he's, he's one bloke who needs a big game tonight. Oh, most definitely. And uh, like you said, considering the circumstances in particular, if he lets him down... Uh, I'm not not saying that good form next year or the year after is going to harm him in that regard because he is young. But if he does let them down after the, the current circumstances, it could really hurt him long term. I think. Mm. Well, well, look at, yeah, look at Tim Grant. There's a lot of players in this game tonight for New South Wales in particular. Yeah, Mitchell if, Pearce. If you happen to lose the game, um, you won't be seeing them ever again in State of Origin. Well, no. I'm I'm kind of annoyed. I'm not saying I want to see it happen, but when Laurie Daly was questioned about Mitchell Pearce's future, he was pretty much saying that for him. Mitchell Pierce is the seven. Like even looking forward, it's still the person he's always that is going to be the origin number seven. And I'm sorry, but you can't play 15 games, pretty much five series, not win, and have a bloke like Adam Reynolds and say that uh, your future is in Mitchell Pierce. If he doesn't win this year, as far as I'm concerned, if Reynolds' form and game continues to develop the way it has, he has to be in Origin next year. Well, on face value, you, you got to say to yourself that even if we do win tonight, um, it, it probably won't be on the back of Mitchell Pearce's game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it'll be because of someone like a uh, Dugan, um, you know, or a Maloney, um, or a Farah, who just has one of them games like Allen did a couple of years ago when he played 80 minutes. It's <coughs> it's got to be a standout performance by one of the. You know, I love Mitchell Pearce to prove everybody wrong and, and be man of the match tonight. Um, but just judging by the last well, 11 or 12 games he's played in Origin, I just don't think he's got it in him. No, I think after the second game, um, Queensland obviously targeted James Maloney. They ran a heap of traffic at him, um, but New South Wales didn't give Queensland a different look at all in that game. They didn't move Maloney in the defensive line. They just seemed to be happy for him to cop it. I'd really love, and I hope Laurie's watched the video, for them to move him around, give Queensland a different look. 
hope that they're just going to play at him again, play at our halves. Um, and if that's the case, uh, make it difficult to do so because Sam Thayday just had a field day um, on James Maloney in the fir- in the, sorry in the second game. Um, if we allow that to happen again, you know, it's going to take some juice out of him in attack. And I think he's the one that we need to have the most juice and the most uh, enthusiasm and spark in attack because, as we've just discussed, Pierce doesn't have that. He's, he's not a great organiser. He's not a great kicker. He's not a great ball player. So um, Maloney's the key for me, uh, apart from, obviously, Farrah. Yeah, I think, as you, I'm sure he's watched the video. I'm sure he's checked out exactly where we went wrong and, and dissected and, and evaluated and went, OK. Um, and I think what he, if he did watch the video closely... He's really going to have a look at the starting back row, and he, I don't think he can start Hoffman and Lewis in the same pack. Um, we need at least we need a Watmel or a Merrin to start the game. We need a bloke like um, we, need, we, need, we need someone on there with a bit of grunt. Even boy, man, I wouldn't try Cordner in there. I don't try Cordner to start the game. Just letting instead of sitting on the bench getting all nervous and going on the ball, going on the first time he gets the ball, dropping it, get him on the game, get him into the games from the get go. Put Watmel and, and uh, Cordner back in the second row and with Bird and Lock and you say go boys just get out there in the 15 minutes and go for broke I think then you bring Hoffman and Lewis on who can ball play on the edges um, hopefully they're a bit tired by then um, and as you made a good point uh, Maloney his attack was totally nullified because of the offensive effort he had to, had to put you know, himself through so yeah. that's one thing he's got to adjust on the run uh, and I think they should have a call for that that if Maloney's doing you know, more than say ten tackles in the first twenty minutes, well, that's 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 too much. He's got a he shouldn't make more than twenty twenty tackles a, a game. Uh, Lockyer, when he was at his best, was, was averaging at five eight, you know, twelve tackles a game, and hence hence why he's so fresh in attack. So um, everything's going to come from Maloney. I agree. With, I agree with you there. Uh, Jennings is going to inject himself more into the game because he can play. Um, but it's just the way. So it all comes down to who wants it more. You know, they, they're, a, they're an unchanged team. They're, they're looking the goods. They're the favourites. Everything's on their side. And that's something that I, as a player, would love to play against. <clears throat> when you've got nothing to lose, you can just go out in a, on a footy field and, and try your best and try different things and uh, basically play without any handcuffs on. That's the, that's the type of game that I think most players um, should relish. And our, our boys last night, our boys being New South Wales, tonight should... Um, have the same philosophy. You know, nothing to lose. You're playing against the best team that's probably ever played, not just in State of Origin, but the best team that we've ever seen um, in, in a long-term period. So, you know, you'll go down... If you can go down as the giant killers tonight, your name is going to be embedded in history forever. Oh, well, no doubt, especially after seven series. I don't care who you are. If you're the ones who ended the dominance, you're definitely going to be remembered. But uh, just sticking to it, I, I agree with both of you in terms of a Farrah or a Dugan or these kind of blokes trying to take control of the game. But for me, if there's one thing that needs to change, and especially it was there's just the forwards full stop. Our forward pack was completely and utterly embarrassed in game two. And if they're going to earn back any kind of credibility, uh, the game just has to be prison. We have to come out ghetto warfare style. We've got to beat the crap out of them like we did in the first game. Just be absolutely ruthless in defence and in attack. Getting over the ad line thrown in the bump, uh, moving up in numbers. I think tonight, if the forward pack doesn't hunt as a pack, there's no chance in hell that we're going to beat Queensland. And that, that probably links in also, MG, with the fact that game two, Cameron Smith ran right. He oh, ran yeah. absolutely right. And he's in, make no doubt about it, he's the best player on the field, potentially. Yeah. Um, so we need to, cross our forwards need to uh, aim up, because if, if he gets going forward, good night. 
Well, a lot, a lot was said about our markers in game one, um, and uh, shock horror. Most of that talk come from Queensland, who nullified Cameron Smith in game one. All of a sudden, in game two, there was leading up to game two, there was a bit of a bit of this in the, in the media about our markers uh, separating early, and so basically we we played right into their hands. Um, we were going to say stuff, worrying about them, worry about ourselves, don't worry about what. Mm. You know they do. Let's just do it. let's go back to game one. Let's have a look at the, let's have a look at the blueprint that we had for game one. Sure, we've got two blokes in the team who aren't there now that I think are match winners in Ferguson and Hayne. Two big bodies, two fast blokes, two two uh, X factors in a, in a rugby league game. But we won't forget about that now. We're going to get the Morris boys involved a lot more. They're big, they're strong, they're fast. But they both caught a cold in game two. Michael Jennings, as I just mentioned a minute ago, he's got to get he's got to get more involved. He can't just be running from dummy half. He's got to try and get involved in and around the ruck area where he can run at these tired forwards. You know, he's got to he's got to show some initiative. Um, the forwards, well, that, that speaks for itself. Every, everyone knows that you know your big men win your games. If your big men don't get a roll on and get on their get on their knees and their elbows to play the ball, well, Robbie Farrell will be nullified. Uh, Pierce and uh, Maloney will be nullified, hence the whole New South Wales team will be nullified. So it's got to be a more spirited. It's got to be. It's got to be a lot more proactive rugby league team tonight. We've got to, we can't watch. See, before this series, um, we'll give you. And I, was, I think we spoke about this before game one. Before before this series and last series and all that kind of stuff, we will. We were kind of like kids at a, a, a coaching clinic camp. We are just watching these blokes um, playing going, oh, my God, look at this bloke go. And we were, like, we were guilty of just saying to ourselves, come on, we can match it with these blokes. We can. And we were, in game one, we believed that. We did. We came out with a ferocity that I haven't seen New South Wales have in ages. And it was because of our big men up front. They, would, they just pummeled them. That, that's, and then Hain and uh, Jennings and Kay could do their thing. Maloney made a break early on, which broke their back a bit. So... Let's just take the blueprint from game one. Let's kick it early if we have to. Let's, let's try and force the error. We, we, we just spoke about the ANZ um, pitch. They don't like it here. They don't like playing on our field down here. So let's make that a uh, priority. Let's kick to the corners and let's get Brett Tate and let's put him back over the sideline and throw him into the crowd. Exactly. Throw him to the crowd and let him get torn apart by the savages. Kill him. Uh, obviously, it's, kill him. Kill him. <laughs> As far as changes are concerned, obviously Merritt was the only one who got dropped uh, for Hayne, who's now out. McManus in, I would have had him or Tafua last game. I think we all feel a little more secure. He's very solid. Gallon, as you said, unfortunately out, but Woods gets another opportunity. And one I was going to ask you about in particular, obviously Josh Reynolds out, not on uh, injury, but obviously he's brought Boyd Coyner and have an extra uh, bench forward, somebody he can probably use. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. I am probably Josh Brown's biggest fan, and I think he'll play a lot of state of origin. But I think the fact that we've got someone like Luke Lewis who can uh, quite easily go to centre if we need it, uh, he could be our he could be our reserve back if we need one, or our utility in inverted commoners. I don't, I don't really think, and I know Brock was a strong advocate of this in, from game one, and I, I tend to agree with him now that it's been done and dusted, but... I don't really think you've got to, you can carry a utility player, um, especially us as New South, New South Welshmen. We, we've got to have big, strong bastards on there to run our guts out and tackle our guts out, and Boy Corner is definitely one of them. Um, I don't know if you boys saw a story on him uh, last week, through the week, about how he's come through adversity, you know, a Tari boy, and lost his mother at four. Um, mm. He's been forced to... 
uh, you know, grow up in Sydney with a kind of a, a surrogate mother. Um, so he's, he's come through the hard, the hard school. And well, I think once a little bit of adversity on the field tonight hits him, he'll be able to just hit it back with a, a, a sledgehammer. Because I suppose once you lose one of your parents at such a young age, not much, not much else can hurt you. Um, and I think that's why he had to be picked tonight. And I, I was even hearing rumours that even if Gallon was okay, um, he was still going to play. He was still going to still going to make that replacement with uh, with Reynolds. Um, so it was a bit of a shame for Josh Reynolds, um, and he played beautifully on the weekend against an under underman Storm team. But still, you know, I think in a game like this, I think I put myself in Queensland's shoes. Who would I rather see coming off the bench out of Josh Reynolds and Boyd Cordner? It's I'd rather see Josh Reynolds any day of the week. Mm, most definitely. I, I'm still. Not saying that I'm not sold on Boyd Corner. I'm a massive fan of Boyd Corner. I think he's outstanding. But just for the purpose uh, that he might be playing, say if it is only a, a 25 minute stint or a 20 minute stint, uh, I know that Neil Henry dropped Tarek Sims to the bench for North Queensland for tonight's mm. game. I cannot understand that. But I was still looking in the direction of a bloke like Tarek Sims because his attitude for that 20 or 25 minute period I thought could have been really, really positive in uh, you know similar effect to what Fafita has. He just has that natural killer aggression when he plays rugby league. He doesn't care what jersey he's wearing. He goes out there to try and put both on their back. But again, I'm, I'm you know, one of Tarek Sims' biggest fans as well, but unfortunately this season we just haven't seen it. But, um, I don't know whether the shoulder charge rule being taken out of the game has affected his game. I know he spent a, lot, a bit of time, well, obviously with back-to-back broken legs, which is, I've, I've done mine, and it's a shocking injury to have. The fact that he's even back playing or a minor miracle. Mm. Um, but I, look, I, I, I've been waiting for him to explode this year um, since he's come back from injury, but I, I just haven't seen it yet. And I don't think he's really justified being selected for, for Origin. I, I think Cordner, on the other hand, um, has been one of the Roosters' top three players each week, even with the likes of um, Sonny Bill Williams and Maloney and Jennings all, all starring. I think that every week... Without Cordner being a, a really a, a stable part of their unit, I think they wouldn't be where they are today. I think he's very, very underrated. Mm. He's um, in person when, when you look at Boyd Cordner in person, he's probably a, he's a lot bigger than you think. He's probably six foot three and 107, 108 kilos. Um, so I met him one night at Fox Sports. And I went, "Shit, I didn't think you were that big." And yeah. he, he is. He's a big boy. Uh, he played under under. Uh, 19 to under 20 to New South Wales a couple of years back and started. Um, so I, I think the, the natural pr- uh, uh, trans- transition was always going to happen. Um, I, I'm really happy with him being picked, and um, even though, I, again, I do feel for Josh Reynolds. Yeah. Um, obviously, for me, I think the club form reflects that selection. I, I mean, look where the Roosters sit. Tarek Sims is probably also a victim yeah. of the Cowboys form as well. You know, they, they're going like bastards. Yeah. Um, let's have a look at Queensland. I mean, what, what do you say about Queensland? They, they've got Slater at fullback. Um, you, you know, Boyd and, and Tate. Tate was the one that I felt really good about as a from a coaching right. perspective coming into the uh, the start of the series. But he's been excellent in, in both games. He probably struggled a little bit in Sydney, but um, by crikey, you know, probably over the last four weeks, both at club and in Origin, he, he's killed it. Um, Hodges had a great game in Sydney. Inglis, uh, he came to life in Brisbane. And their forward pack just bashed the hell out of us in uh, in Brisbane as well. The halves, um, Thurston, he, he looked like he was playing on one leg in Sydney. Obviously, he looked a different player. So, um, you know, obviously, we know their strengths, but where do you think they can be exposed, mate? 
Well, you, you say look at their team, and you, there's no one where it comes to to mind. It's wow. That's just a, there is no weaknesses. Uh, game one, we thought, oh, okay, well, you know, we we got them on a good night. We we bit of an ambush. Um, we, we knew they were going to come back bigger and better in, in game two up at Suncorp, but I, I don't think many thought it would be so profound. They were just they beat us everywhere. They actually kicked our ass uh, in game two and gave us a, the old-fashioned flogging. So. That's enough to spur New South Wales on, but you know, I think in the forwards pack, if we're going to beat them anywhere. We've got to beat them up front. We've got a tight fire with fire. Um, they are a team that rely heavily on momentum, and the momentum of their front rowers um, is what got them. I think you know was what why Cameron Smith was so dominant in game two. Um, you stop uh, Scott up front, um, and, and you know, getting to him early. I think that, that it stops a lot of their momentum. He's such a, such a good player. Uh, we played Friday back in the form in game two, which is scary. Um, him on the fringes will, will be dangerous again tonight. Um, and Corey Parker's probably in career best form at the moment. Um, he, he, when you really look at him, you can't really find any weaknesses of their bench. Um, he, he's strong. Uh, Nate Miles. You know, the way he's handled, handled himself in this since, since game one with the, the Gallon Affair, which has basically taken over the whole series, I think has been unbelievably impeccable. He's just held his nerve, he hasn't said much, he, he's kept all his thoughts to himself and he's he's basically walked the walk instead of talking the talk and I think a lot of other blokes around the game should take note of what how Nate Miles has handled himself in, in such a big cauldron he's, he's gone from strength to strength um, and he, he's one bloke who we've got to stop because he is origin-esque he's, when, you, when you look at the definition of origin in the, in the book in a dictionary Nate Miles' forehead pops up so <laughs> he's uh, a massive head for me I'd target him I'd go at him like yeah. we did in game one um, he's playing in the front row he's, he's traditionally a back row he's got a massive motor but there's been some games this year I, I know when we played South and obviously I'm a Titans fan so I watch him fairly closely Whenever the four, big forward packs just trundle down the middle at him, because he has to burden or take on such a burden with with workload and hit ups and tackles, he gets he can be uh, he, he slows down. Like, yeah, like he's yeah, not I as. I to him in Darwin two weeks ago. Yeah. I watched the exact same thing. Um, yeah. Plum and and Grant and Mossy Musoy when he come on. Doc yeah. was running more night and every time like, they kicked the ball, uh, Penrith, the last person back for the Titans was, was Miles. Yeah, yeah, he's had a big workload, but. I couldn't agree with him more. Yeah. Um, in game two, he, he had spiders on him. No one wanted to touch him. Mm. You're stuck in the miles and, and you stop a lot of their momentum. Yeah, the other one would be Chris McQueen. I, I think he still hasn't sold me. Um, yeah. I, I know a lot when he's way in game two. Game one, I didn't think he had much of an effect. And Daily Cherry Evans, I, I know he, he came on, played at lock, went well. Um, but for me, he's he's the Josh Reynolds of, of Queensland. So. Mm. I mean, for me, if I'm Mel Meninga, I want if I'm going to put Daly Cherry Evans on at lock, I'd, I'd rather just pick a lock, a, a, a tried and tested lock that I know will play in the middle of the field. I think, uh, obviously, Cherry Evans worked up there, and as you said before, the paddock up at Suncorp really suited them more than it suited us. So uh, I think down here, um, Cherry Evans, maybe um, yeah, his effect might not be as great, so I'd be also targeting him when he comes on the field, but uh, oh, they're yeah. about the only, the only chinks in the armour. We just got to. You see, we were game one. You watch the way we defended in that first 15, 20 minutes when Inglis got the ball, when Tate got the ball, when Boyd got the ball, when Slater got the ball. Yeah. We actually had three or four blokes in the tackle and we backslammed them with with some grunt. Um, 
that was nowhere to be seen in game two. I don't know. Look, New South Wales can't afford to be complacent. We've lost seven series in a row, but in game two, you've got to say we were. Um, we're, 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 you know, backing up from a game that we basically give it to them in game one, and all of a sudden we thought we'd won the series. But as history will tell you, this this origin concept is, is a lot more than one or two games. It's great. Most go down to the wire, and this game tonight will be no different. I think this is going to be one of them games where. They might take a, a Cooper Cronk field goal. They might take a James Maloney field goal to win it for them. Yeah, well, as far as I'm concerned, I'm with you just on the, on the front foot again. It, it's that gang mentality that we need to have in the forwards. They need to have line speed and their attitude fixed because it wasn't necessarily great technique or you know one-out one shots. The first game was just gang mentality. We were getting into numbers and the line speed was there. We didn't allow yeah. them to roll forward, so... Well, mate, you know what, Lewis, you can actually feel the venom of the team. You could actually feel that they were there for a, uh, they were there on a mission. They weren't there just to make up the numbers. They were there to say, stuff it, I've had enough. We've had enough of, you know, being with the brunt of their, their uh, power for the last seven years. And it showed. But in game two, that vanished. We didn't see any of it. Even though a couple of the 50-50s went against us, um, we, we succumbed. We succumbed in that game and we put the white flag up. I don't care what anyone says. But luckily, this is a three-game series, so tonight we've got a chance to redeem ourselves. And if we don't, well, you know, it's going to be... A, I don't know when we'll beat these, these blokes because it's a, they've got another couple of years of the same team that's going to be around. So if we don't beat these blokes tonight, you know, we mightn't see the likes of the Gallons or Lewis's or, or Birds or Farrow's or... They might, we might just have to chart, you know, start with a clean slate and bring in a whole new bunch of kids who are unaffected by... Uh, the Queensland dominance of the past. Mm, a bit like what uh, Gordon talked about a couple of weeks ago when you were on the couch there with the Matty John show. Pardon? Yeah, a bit like what Gordon said the other week when they uh, had the scarred, the scarred players and they had well, to he, get rid of them. MG wouldn't have been able to understand what he was saying. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> when Gordon talks, I just nod. I think, I, I think, uh, <laughs> I, I think we, we got Gordon. I think Gordon's got a bit of a good chat to us um, soon too. I think we're lucky enough to have the... New South Wales uh, coach as well, which is great. So, look, I think, I think what we should do is probably give our, our tips, give, it, give us our forecast for me and the match, and then yep. uh, let's have a chat to the boys, eh? All right, we'll give you some odds, thanks to Cenobit. Uh, New South Wales away, or, sorry, the home side, but they're $2.50. The Queensland is $1.55. The line is 4 dollars to New South Wales, which is $1.91. Um, for me, at $2.50. Seems like really nice odds, especially oh, with the that's way that we. Uh, that's <laughs> great yeah, thank you, um, thank you, Senator. You're, be- <laughs> you're betting uh, with your heart more than your head. My head says Queensland, but I might have to watch Game One, and then I might be able to convince myself. But um, our charity bet this week, we're going to have. I think we're going to back New South Wales with a four and a half start. So I, I think this one will be close, regardless of uh, which way it goes. Margin betting, MG. Who do you like? No, I like. No, I'm going to start. I'm going Queensland. Um, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Erase. <laughs> um, I'm actually going New South Wales. I'm going to put uh, a bit of hard in on them. I'm going yep. to also back uh, McManus to, to score the first try of the match, and I'm going to back Robbie Farrow for the man of the match. I think Robbie Farrow, the stars are aligned for him. This is when Robbie Farrow goes from being just an ordinary club player, a representative player, a captain of his club, to a an origin superstar. Uh, a bit like Ben Elias, uh, a fellow Tiger did back in the, mid, the early to mid-90s. Ben Elias, in 1992, I think it was, went from being just another player uh, in the shadows of um, Steve Walters and Kerry Walters to being a, an origin superstar when he 
uh, with blood you know pouring from every every orifice of his body, uh, he, he claimed victory, and his mum ran on the field and uh, hugged him and kissed him, and like that to me is what exactly what Robbie Farrow will do tonight. I think Robbie Farrow is going to lead from the front. He's Robbie Farrow looks pissed off to me. Robbie mm. Farrow wants to. Robbie Farrow's he, always he, pissed off. He anyone <laughs> is, is is so cranky about the dominance of Queensland. Yeah. I think him and Greg Bird tonight will star for us. Well, it's there. Uh, it's Robbie Farrow's grand final. Um, it is. So, because f- you can't see the Tigers making the eight. Um, hit to, for him to be man of the match, and I totally agree with you, mate. I'm going to back him to be man of the match. Six dollars. James McManus first try, eleven dollars. First oh. try. That's that's a tough one for me. I'm going to go James Maloney, twenty one dollars. Who do you like, Lou? Uh, for me, it's pretty straightforward as far as the try score. If it's Queensland, it's Darius Boyd because Greg Inglis will feed it to him. Yep. But for us, I'd go Luke Lewis. Yeah, Boyd nine dollars. Uh, Lukey Lewis. $26 city lot for men of the match. Men of the match, I'm going Luke Lewis again. If, uh, to me, I know 13 bucks. we're not as gifted in the halves, and I think if it's got to be one of the key players, it's probably Farrah, but our forwards are the ones that are going to win the game, and I think someone like Lewis, with his footwork and the way he played in the first game in those kind of conditions, that's the kind of bloke I want uh, to step up. So, you know... Let me, let me ask you a question, and I suppose it's, it's irrelevant and hypothetical, but would you feel better... Would you think New South Wales had a better chance to win tonight if, if Sutton and Reynolds were at halves? Sutton and Reynolds from South Sydney. Yeah. Yep. I've said before when someone said that they were looking for combinations. Well, why can't we have those two instead? Yeah, I, I, I know I would. I think I think there was a you know I know we're going to we're trying to pick and stick, and I know that I try we're all this series I've, I've got behind the team, and I haven't said anything about anything, but I think I really do think that if, in the postmortem of this match, and if we do happen to lose it. Um, that's going to be the biggest talking point. Uh, mm. That we've had a bloke from South Sydney basically starring all year. Uh, his name's Adam Reynolds, and uh, he's been overlooked. And, yeah, and, and John, uh, you look at the table. John Sutton was equal no, first. From South Sydney, New South Wales team, and, they, and they're winning the call. Mm. Yeah, well, well you look at the table. I mean, for me. Reynolds is the best halfback. They're up the top. The best five eight's been James Maloney. So they'd be my yeah. halves. Yeah, hands well, down. That's yeah. that's what we said at the start. But even now, like you, you wouldn't be. I couldn't pick Sutton alone with Sutton to, in my books because Sutton went behind when the voting went private for the Daly M. He was coming second, and I, I think he's got man of the match twice since it's been private. So I Mate, think he's just had a breakout year. You know, again, when we, we spoke earlier about picking players on like Fafita on mm. performance, on performance, uh, for sure. Yeah. But would you? Form, and I think. Maloney for me is an origin player. Well, he's the, got mongrel, yeah. he runs the ball like he's angry. I don't know whether yeah. Sutton seems a little bit more passive than Maloney. I, don't get me wrong, Sutton's been in brilliant yeah, form. Sutton's used that frame this year. That, that Warriors game yeah. last week, he got trapped by four people. I thought he was going to get powerbombed. He's, there's a couple of times this year where he's just stood there with blokes on him like nothing's doing and he's just throwing an offload or something's happened, but... Uh, I, I, I don't, I, the whole combination thing, that's one way to put it. But for me, I think from the word go, we said Maloney and Reynolds. It didn't happen. Uh, but if next year, if we're moving forward, if they were in form, those were the two I'd have if it wasn't the South pair. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, have some, I think a lot of people have some fun to pick a... Uh, if, if New South Wales do get beat tonight, I think a lot of people have some fun putting their 2014 team together because it uh, looked nothing like the current one. No, most definitely not. Uh, big thanks to Centibet, as always. If you want to get the Centibet app, on your mobile, grab it from the app store and fire up. Uh, I, I think. think the, now, I think the final word, boys, uh, is going to go to the, uh, the Queensland legend and the Origin coach, which is we're very lucky to have on the podcast. But uh, uh, you got in there with you, Brock? Is, is, is Gordy at, at your studio there, mate? Can you? He's, he's here. Chat? He's just sat down. He's just 
grabbed Lewis, skull grabbed Lewis and thrown him on the floor. Yeah, Glenn, 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 uh, Kane Tad, mate, but uh, is there any chance that New South Wales can win tonight? Oh, mate, there's always a possibility, you know. It's not about the size of the dog in the fight, it's about the fight in the dog, you know what I mean? And, like, they may have not won a series in, hold on, let me use my fingers and toes, and seven seven years, yeah, seven years it is, but, like, you know what I mean? They've got a good chance if they turn up and the feeders and whatnot do the job, you know? Well, mate, I couldn't agree with you more. I, look, I, I, I think that we were, we're a big chance. I think, uh, you know, I, I, with Paul Gallon, I know you and him have had a bit of a, you know, a bit of a spat of late. Um, are you two now? Have you, have you recovered from that? Have you, have you and Gal sorted your differences out? Oh, mate, we shared, a, you know, a bowl of wheat picks and a forex <laughs> on top. It's all kind of panned out even there. But I, I did let him know once again, like I've said many times, if. Uh, he does want to go around. I'm more than happy to accommodate him, you know what I mean? <laughs> good, good luck tonight, mate. I'll see you on Matty's show in a few weeks. Uh, Brock, I need to talk to the coach, mate. I need to, I need Laurie Daly to give me some confidence leading into tonight's game. And If I don't hear his voice, I'll be nervous. Can Moza, Moza, come in here, mate. Step aside and put Laurie in the seat, mate, yeah. if you don't mind. All right, he's here, mate. He's just sat down. Hello. There's, there's, too much, there's, too much love, uh, there's too much love going on between, these, uh, between right. Gordy and Loz. Oh, that's all right, mate. This would be a bit of hate. MG, MG versus Wally, bring it back. Well, it has been said in the papers this oh, year that it is too hard to hate me, and that was part of my strategy from the start. Do not be the enemy. Just go under the radar, as Desi would say. Well, as we've spoken about you, mate, we, uh, Lewis asked you for it, um, and Brock asked, we hope you've checked out the video of Game 2. Um, Maloney got pummeled early on. Um, Young Woods had to make 25 tackles in, in 25 minutes. Um, have, you, have you got plan B, mate, if this happens again in Game 3? Yeah, I, I thought about it, and personally I, I put in for the selectors to have Dane Till send Josh McCrane from the Raiders team, <laughs> seen as though I'm a Raiders buff, and as far as I'm concerned, they're the best team in the competition, but those wishes were not granted, so... As far as I'm concerned, if these blokes don't do the job, well, then I don't know what we're going to do. But we Josh may Dugan, play... How's he been in camp, mate? Josh Dugan being in uh, exemplary. He's got a kid on, on the way. He must, he must be uh, excited to get out there tonight. Yeah, he's been much more settled, especially now that him and Fergo have been, obviously, uh, unceremoniously taken apart again. But Josh has been well-behaved, uh, just in the tattoo parlours, nothing else. <laughs> I, uh, we were having a conversation before, MG, and, and Laurie actually let a secret slip that I wasn't supposed to share on the podcast, but oh. when, we were, when we were talking about the videos before, he actually told me that uh, his wife taped over the, the game too. Oh. Um, uh, Tape play school. Apparently, Laurie likes oh. to watch that before he goes to sleep. Yeah, well, I'm a big fan of play school, especially when they get to pick the window they're going to look in for the day. The diamond, in, in particular, the diamond window. I'm a big fan of that one. So, well, look, mate, you, 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 I played with you against you, Loz, and mate, I love you as a bloke. Let's uh, let's hope you can get the team over the, over the line tonight, Laurie Daly, coach of New South Wales. Good luck, brother.
Well, all I can say, MG, is if we don't get over the line, expect to see me and the beak on the field throwing headbutts left, right, and centre, <laughs> and I'm going to go straight up to Pagola Brow if we do win and wedge the shield in his temple. <laughs> New South Wales, number one for the right team. On, Got your fifth and last, and that's uh, the boys, Lewis and Brock, on the, uh, on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, let's, uh, let's all get beyond the blues tonight. Eh? Go the blues. Go the blues. Go the blues. Thank you, boys. Thanks, All right, buddy. Champions. Talk soon. Okay, love you, boy. Love you. For all the latest rugby league gear, head into Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield and Campbelltown Mall Store. Or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. Fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and legends. Fast five time, your highlight of the round, low light, best player and worst player as well as the question. Uh, Highlight, Brock, what do you got? Highlight for me um, was the Panthers just rolling on. Um, Obviously, it was a bit of a... It was a stinker of a round uh, with all the players out, but... um, yeah, the Panthers rolling on. That's mine. Yeah, well, it was a, a pretty stinker of a round. I'm, my, my highlight, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel, was probably the 80th minute scuffle that the Broncos had trying to score a try in full time. There was yeah. four or five kicks and then about 7,000 passes. And, uh, yeah, for a moment there, it, uh, it looked, looked pretty ominous that they might have got a try. But uh, bar that, I really can't think of too much. It hasn't really been a, a red-hot round. That's no, sure. I mean, well, the Dogs were obviously <laughs> impressive yesterday, but they beat up on a reserve-grade Melbourne team. Pretty much, um, and that'll that'll lead into my next point. My low light was just the standard of footy. Um, I think it's time for standalone Origin. We've been saying it, uh, you know, for the last couple of weeks at least. The standard of footy has just gone out the window, uh, and it's ridiculous to to ask the Origin players then to back up from Wednesday. Some of them will play on Friday. It's just a, it's it's a g up. So uh, that's my low light. Um, obviously, Penrith and Parramatta was probably the only game not affected, but obviously Brisbane and and Cronulla had players out. Uh, Canterbury weren't massively affected, but Melbourne were. I mean, people were inboxing us, texting me, saying, oh, aren't Melbourne rubbish without their best three players? Well, hello. Every team without their best three players would be, would be rubbish, and it's just it's bullshit that they've got to play um, without their best three players in no, Melbourne. It's more also key positions. Like you can say if you lose a forward like the Sharks do, you've got a million back rowers. Like you can yeah. cover a forward, but it's impossible to cover one, six, and seven, yeah. and, not, and a nine. And I say six because I think people forget their Widops out as well. Yeah, exactly. When I mean, my low light was that. Obviously, I'm a Storm fan. Uh, you know, they deserve to get beat by 39 nil, and rightfully so. Yeah. But I don't see what we gain out of an Origin period with so many kids playing at once. And in particular, I know I know Brisbane lose players as well, but similar deal. They've probably got better depth. Melbourne invest a lot of money in those three key players, and when they're not there, it's pretty obvious. As well as Hoffman, uh, yeah. you know how they go and. People, someone said to me yesterday, oh, but they miss Cassiano and Pritchard and Morris. Yeah, but like the all-round side, the spine's still there. Sam Perrett, Ben Barber, you know. Well, they got Josh Reynolds. Chris Manning, well, Josh so. Reynolds, Trent Hodkinson, James Graham, Aidan Tolman. Yeah. All these blokes have played yeah. uh, plenty of NRL compared to Slade Griffin, Ben Hampton, all these younger blokes that just got torn apart. Yeah. Credit for the Bulldogs. You can only play the side that's in front of you. Yeah, well, I'm going to no, highlight It's that. a grand final bloody rematch, and there's no players uh, playing. It's it, was, it was a wasted grand final rematch, but uh, what about your best? 
My best, Kevy Kingston. Um, he's in a really tough situation. Um, obviously, with you know, there was talk there that Penrith weren't going to re-sign him. It didn't look like he was going to find a club, although a couple of uh, clubs came out and said they might sign him. Now it looks like he may get a contract with the Panthers. They'd be mad not to re-sign him. Club captain. It wasn't a good look when they showed him the door. <laughs> Um, his form more than warrants him uh, getting another contract next year. Well, what's more annoying when it happened is his form before he was told warranted exactly. a new contract yeah. as well as after. Yeah. If they want to change the makeup, they just need to sit down and tell him that. They need to say, all right, Seguiara is going to be the man. Yeah. You may only get 20, 30 minutes, or you know, maybe they'll keep starting him and tell Seguiara, you know, you're just going to get more game time. We're only going to run him for 15, 20. We might leave you on for a 60 minute stretch and put him back on for 10. Yeah. I, I don't see but, how. But if that was the it. basis of the restructure was to get Sergio more game time. Just give him more game time. Yeah, exactly. But you still need a backup. Uh, my best was Todd Carney. Mm. Todd Carney. Well, he was my best last week. He's great again. But it's just the all-round. Like, you know, after the Achilles, I'd been more bothered that he hasn't been running, but he's running games back. Yeah. He made multiple line breaks. Uh, set up two tries. I'm crediting him for the third one because that torpedo bomb he put up for Corey Norman was an absolute cracker. Yeah. And last week, he was unleashing him too. There's not a facet of his game at the moment that doesn't impress me. No. Even the forward pass for the first uh, disallowed try to Nathan Stapleton, that laser ball reminds me of 2010 mm. when he was just unleashing those passes to Sean Kenny Dow. Well, he's, uh, if he can keep this up, um, they, they need a half that's firing because their outside backs aren't the flashiest in the world. Definitely got the forward pack there, but um, they're going to need Todd Coney to keep producing that sort of form. Well, for me, like I said before, they're always going to be in the eight regardless of... Uh, the halves and the backs, just purely on that forward pack. If people talk about the forward pack being the crux of a, uh, a team, he, theirs definitely is. But when he fires, mm. he's good enough to cover for them, you know, not having a flashback on. And Mick Gordon being back obviously helped him out. Yeah. Uh, what about your worst? Oh, I had two. Benny Roberts missed a thousand tackles. Um, although I think he, he tries hard, I don't think he dogs it. Um, the other one's Joseph Paulo. If he's not the worst first grader or the, the worst makeshift half in the comp, I'm not here. He just runs overs, passes a ball late, throws he throws Trent Barrett those helicopter passes. He can't throw a spiral. He can't throw a decent six o'clock pass. Just awful. Um, uh, Par- I thought Parramatta tried hard the other night, but just shows you how uh, how much work they've got to do when your best option in the house is, is a bloke who is probably a fringe lock. Um, in first grade, he's definitely not a five-eight. Mm. Well, mine, uh, well, you know, it could have been Ben Roberts. I kind of seen him miss seven tackles, and you know, in first grade, that's not on. I know the halves are usually given a little more leeway, but you can't miss that many. But for me, it was the Storm wingers. Yeah. Once again, I'm not going to rip them apart. They were fairly underdone, but we were playing up and in all day. And Maher and CC, even if they did try, they both missed seven apiece. They accounted for half of the, or you know, almost the thirty missed tackles. Yeah. And uh, Maher, he he <laughs> butchered a try on his own. Mm. So for, for well, both. that one, I, I was sort of fast-forwarding that game. I uh, tape it and watch it half an hour later so I don't have to put up with all the bloody ads. Um, but, yeah, I fast-forwarded through it. I thought he grounded it, and then it flashed up no try. So I had to rewind and have a look. It was yeah, incredible. Mahim Ma- Manuo, he's living up to his nickname. Yeah. Well, this week, uh, in terms of the question, we're going back to the old favourite. It's origin time coming up. So the prizes that are going to be on the line, we got questions about the Friday night free bet we've saved that $100 free bet that'll be part of the prize and uh, also if you're a Queensland or New South Wales supporter we've got the New South Wales jersey signed by MG if you win as a New South Welshman and uh, if you're the Queenslander we've got a gift pack courtesy of uh, Leagues and Legends yep exactly so yeah and we'll select 
Uh, whoever, whoever wins, so if New South Wales win, the New South Wales fan will also get the $100 free bet. If Queensland win, the Queensland fan, uh, fan will also get the $100 free bet. So. Yeah, we've just got a prize for uh, either way, either the New South Wales jersey from MG or the gift pack from uh, Leagues and Legends for Queenslanders yeah. and the $100 free bet. So that'll be Plenty up. on offer. That'll be up as of tonight, so yeah. uh, start ripping into that one. That'll just be the, the score between uh, Queensland and New South Wales and what you think. So that's the Fast Five. We'll move into the review of the games from the weekend. If you want to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, get onto Centibet and fire up. Download the Centibet app and get into the centre of the action. Or get onto www.centibet.com and register now. Or call 1-800-013-627 for all your inquiries. Centibet, fire up. Reviews of the games from the weekend. Uh, Friday night obviously kicked off. Broncos and the Sharks up there at Suncorp. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, this pretty much puts the pen through the Broncos going down 19 to 18. They say that 28 points is virtually the magic number to get into the finals. If that's the case, they need to go eight from eight to finish the year. They're gone, and they need results in their favour. They're gone. But, uh, yeah, even with the players back, I don't think Brisbane can really whinge this year. They've just, you know, they've got no imagination with the ball. They've got nothing out of their heart. We've said it a million times. We're not going to go on about it again about yeah. the Corey Norman, Josh Hoffman, Anthony Griffin. Andrew McCulloch, multiple, you know, situations, but <clears throat> both hit by origin, but Carney was the difference at the end of the day. I don't think there's too much that needs to be said. No, no, that was that was about the size of it. I thought Brisbane, again, plenty of chances. Uh, they left it probably too late to make their run. Sharks, it was nearly all first half. Mm. Um, obviously, it was a bit of a <clears throat> end-to-end sort of stuff, a lot of half chances. Not many, uh, not many were taken. Obviously, well, none were taken, but... Um, you just felt like when you looked at the sides when, when they were named early in the week that the, the Sharks would probably have just a little bit too much class. Michael Gordon coming back obviously added, uh, was a massive boost and, and added plenty to the Sharks and that was probably the difference in the end. Him uh, along with uh, obviously Toddy Carney. I think also Bryce Gibbs has given them a lot coming back. Yeah, um, well, if, he, if he can find uh, his fitness, obviously he's come back with a bit of timber on him but um, he, he was probably their form front rower last year really um, you throw him in and, and, and with Fafita uh, and then obviously the, the back row they've got could almost be the best in the comp um, with yeah. with Lewis Graham and, and Gallen you've got a very formidable forward pack there yeah and they've got back rowers that could start other clubs Jason Bakuya Wade Graham was their captain he got hurt early on so they did a great job without him but yeah. First half, as you said, the only real opportunities were a forward pass really early on by Todd Carney. Outstanding outstanding ball, but yeah. called back. And uh, Jonathan Wright later on put a grubber in, grubbed it again, and got beaten to the ball. Second half opened up. Mark Defoe, he got put on report. That was a pretty stupid play, I thought, at that point in time. It put uh, the Sharkies under the pump. They did survive, but yeah. I just don't get it. You know, you, you get an opportunity back in first grade. You hit Peter Wallace off the ball. It was a shoulder charge. It's just stupid. Mm, dumb. But, you know, that, that, that could have hurt them potentially, but uh, all credit to them. They held off, but not much long later, Hoffman crashed over. Then Carney just ran amok. Absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Clean line break, gave on to Bakuya, dropped that stinker of a torpedo, but I don't blame Corey Norman for struggling. That was an absolute pearler. Yeah. Kicks the field goal, nineteen six. You think they're absolutely sailing. Broncos scrapped two late ones. Uh, especially enjoyed watching the young bloke Corey Oates. He looks like a bit of a prospect. Mm. Eighteen years old. He's a bloody big lump of a lad. Do you but... think it was Brisbane taking the uh, <laughs> starting to throw the footy around, or Cronulla took the foot off the pedal? 
I think a little bit of both, but at the same time, I think it was more Brisbane just got loose. Yeah. But later on, like I said, my highlight was obviously the 80th minute chaos with all the passing and kicks, and they looked like they had an opportunity there, but yeah, uh, got wrapped up there in one of the last passes to Dunamis Louis couldn't handle. Well, we were out on the tiles, and um, we've obviously had to watch the replay because of the mm. state we were in, but half-time, uh, watching through the beer goggles, I was pretty confident that Cronulla would win, and... Um, when they kicked ahead 19-6, I was almost at the counter collecting. And then Brisbane go on this late run, as they do whenever you have a bet on, on a side that kicks away to a decent lead. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it was Brisbane gone. Anthony Griffin on thin ice. I, I guess it's going to be... Uh, he'll probably be judged by how they finish the year rather than the predicament that they find themselves in now. Uh, obviously, their form before Origin wasn't great. Their form during or- Origin is no fault of his. Obviously, they lose a lot of players. <coughs> Um, so it'll be it'll be these last eight games um, that'll probably well, to tell the tale of, of where he ends yeah, up. 20, well, I think they're done, but I, how they finish the year will will probably de- uh, determine where he goes and, and what happens with him next season. Yeah, well, they reckon he's really tight the CEO, but uh, I don't really care. Yeah, but it doesn't matter how tight you are with someone. I mean, the Dave Ferner Don Ferner situations are <laughs> similar. Um, Pressure still goes on Dave whenever mm. they're not winning games, and it shouldn't well, be any different. Still, you look at that Griffin. one; they still haven't got a result. They've done reviews, they've done the board, they've changed some things there. Mm. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, Brisbane, I stick to what we said last week about getting uh, Walters back there yeah. and getting Lockie on board. But the Sharks, like we said, Todd Carney outstanding. Michael Gordon come back; I thought he was good and very impressed by Bakuya and Peachy, who are both leaving next year. So that's a bit unfortunate. Yeah. For the Broncos, I think Hoffman's pretty much been their standout player all year, along with Norman. Uh, wing, centre, fullback, wherever he's played, he's been good. And Josh Maguire, nice to see him back to form. 170 metres, a line break, 53 tackles. Mm, he, was a, um, he was good. Broncos have the bye next week, so two points, well needed, but not going to make too much difference. And the Sharks are away to the Roosters, so yeah, probably, probably not that. ideal after origin, but at the same time, got to do what you've got to do. Yeah, well, both sides will have plenty of players backing up. So mm. uh, Saturday night, Parramatta, they obviously went down to the Panthers, 17-10. to 10. Uh, a big effort, lots of changes, especially in the halves. It was a massive setup. Sandow obviously dropped for the second time in two years by two different coaches. Yep. And uh, Willie Tonga back from a back injury, but I think that pretty much showed that he hasn't played first grade for a while because Dean Varo pretty much showed. Yeah, he was good at stages, Willie Tonga, but like I said before, I gave Joe, uh, Joey Paulo the dunce of the week. Like Willie Tonga, whenever he got ball one-on-one with Ty and one, one-on-one um, with Luke Walsh, he was going around him every time. But the problem with, with Tonga was a lot of the time he was getting the ball, catching and being contacted, or he was having to come inside the player because the pass got there too late. I'd just like to see I'd like to see Sand out back and just see him sling the ball wide to him and give him some space because Thurston used to do that all the time and, and Tonga would just stand blokes up. So uh, but for me I obviously went out to this game. I thought Penrith were awful. I thought Parramatta were worse. Uh, Penrith just Mm. Uh, you know, when they when they had a little bit of adversity come their way, they handled it better than what Parramatta did. Uh, Luke Walsh scored six points for Parramatta anyway, throwing that intercept. So, yeah. uh, really, you take that off the scoreboard. Parramatta only managed to score one try. Um, I know a lot of Parramatta fans were, were crying about that dodgy call at the end of the game. Uh- Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Um, where I think it was Luke Kelly was penalised for, for diving on the ball. Um, it was said that he, he pushed Clint Newton out of the way. I, I can see their point there. I thought it was probably a crap call, but it definitely didn't affect the outcome of the game. Parramatta had plenty of chances to win. And again, like with eight minutes to go, the game's in the balance. Parramatta chip kicking the ball, mm. um, which which gave Luke Walsh <laughs> the opportunity to kick the field goal um, and, and and put them ahead and, and ice the game. I just it happened a couple of weeks ago against the Roosters, and I was pretty critical of them. They they chipped the ball. Anthony Mitchell picked it up, and they ran the length and scored um, with eight minutes to go. It just just seems Parramatta are a side that just don't know how to win. Penrith at the moment they're getting into a nice little groove. They know how to win. Um, and, and that's an important two points for them. Well, like you said, even if they were bad, the m- more important thing is they get those wins, and that's what your better sides do. Your Especially Melbourne. with the injuries they've got. <clears throat> yeah, well, I was about to say, they've got Nigel Plum now with his SC joint. Yeah. Uh, scapula, convic- con- con- I've already forgot, cavicular joint or something I looked yeah. up before, something to do with your sternum. It's where your collarbone connects to your, your chest. Mm. Clavicular, chest sorry. Yeah. So yeah, I messed that one up. Uh, Matt Robinson, feel bad for the young bloke. I've given him plenty of raps. I really like him. He's broke his neck. That's two now, him and McKendry. So not going to see either of them. Sikamanu's still out. Lachlan Coote. Josh Mansour. I don't think people actually realise the kind of talent that's probably on the sideline right now for the Panthers. Mm. Oh, mate. Like, yeah, at least half the first grade uh, side. Well, more importantly, though, no offence to some of those blokes, but uh, a couple that were there previously weren't playing their best foot in. A lot of the guys that are coming have taken their chances. So. Yeah. But well, you'd yeah. rather have all those at your disposal. I'm not saying you don't want them, but... Sign of a good coach. Big rap to good them. Because uh, they've, they've done bloody well to keep kicking on and putting on these young kids. Like yep. Seguiara and Matt Robinson, who's, you know, been really, really good. Mm. Louis Brown, Docker, that they've all really stepped up and done done. Well, tell job. me a Penrith player that's gone backwards this year. I, I probably couldn't think of one, to be honest. Mm. There's even a couple there that I thought were, you know, pretty much scrap heap players in my eyes. Like yeah. Nigel Plum and a few that I thought... Injury-wise and time-wise, we're a bit past it, but they've all proved me wrong. So, yeah, definitely. Good options at Penrith. Yeah, not much more <coughs> to say. Uh, Parramatta, same, same. Uh, getting the same result. It, it was it was better, but, you know, they're not gonna, nothing's going to happen this year. No. they they got to wait for these players to come, see what happens from that. But I thought Manor and Lussick were probably their better players, along with Matua. But Sandow, 550k, you've either got to punt him or you've got to get him in. You can't bench him. Yeah. Penrith, I thought Kingston was outstanding. Dean Vare continues to impress me. Halves, you know, they did their job, and Grant and Plum, they pumped it up the middle, so yeah. good effort by them again. But Sunday, this one is definitely the one I'm going to be short about. Yeah. Bulldogs, oh, sorry, just before we go, Parramatta are playing the Raiders next week away, yeah. which is critical for the Raiders to get that two points up if they want to start. Oh, the Raiders home. win. And Penrith, another good one to see if they can entrench themselves further in the eight, because Newcastle are even... Same amount of points. Very so, similar for and against as well, so... If uh, they can do the job there, they can pretty much get themselves up there with the Sharkies and Manly and try and bury themselves around five or four. Uh, but onto that Sunday game, 39 zip. Uh, what else do you need to say? 12 line breaks to nil. Yeah. 1,800 metres to 1,000 metres and 30 misses to eight. And the sets were 42 to 31. Mm-hmm. So clearly, you take those three players out, it's easy to say, yeah, there's still some NRL players there. But the all-round Bulldog side had a hell of a lot more NRL experience. I reckon, go and watch the first half and tell me that, that, the Bulldog, that Bulldogs were uh, way better than Melbourne. It wasn't. It's just that Melbourne are missing the players that put the polish on their sets. 
The dogs had well, those bikes. They completed well early on. They had field position. They had chances. It would have been better. But Fanua puts the ball down. It's 8-6. That was the second half, wasn't sorry, it? Sorry, well, yeah. the start of the second half, sorry. First half, though, oh. to me, they were, you know, the first 20, they were kind of there. Then, as you'd expect, those young blokes, they kept getting put in their own half. They struggled to get the ball out. They missed Smith's kicking game. They missed Cronk's kicking game. Brett Finch, you know, he's not an outstanding kicker. Bobby Blair was the one playing at 5'8", not Hampton, the poor little bastard had to play fullback again. Uh, he got whacked up plenty. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and go off the Bulldogs. I was going to give the number one highlight to just uh, play what's in front of you. They went for the jug regardless of circumstances. And probably more impressive, uh, if with the up and up and in defence, I love the fact that it's chucked the pillar out. They played some great footy yesterday, but, yeah. you know, that, that that's more like trial football, playing a reserve side when you, you know have your first trial and you just run them up. And Melbourne won 32-0 <clears throat> last week over Brisbane. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a 71-point turnaround in, a, in the space of a week. Mm. So, I mean, don't don't go telling me that the Bulldogs are that great. It's just you miss, yeah. your, you miss your key players. That's what happens. Well, the big three, Gareth Woodop, everyone's already forgot about him, but, you know, that's that's your whole spine right there, as mm. well as Ryan Hoffman out. Uh, people were going, oh, you know, Cassiano, Pritchard. They virtually haven't had Cassiano all year. He's only played a couple of games. Pritchard, I think, has been quiet by his standards, and they got Reynolds back. So, realistically, over the park, they were dominant. Yeah. Uh, not much needs to be said, really. They they went for the jug, they threw the football around, and they did what they should have done. They were, you know, much more endowed with their NRL players, and probably not a bad thing to get a couple of players a bit more confidence. I thought Ben Barber is one player that really would have taken a bit out of yesterday. Mm. Not so much that he'd be sitting at home right now thinking what we'd be thinking. He just would have got a nice smile and a bit of bit of a kick out of finding some open space and being a bit more dominant. I think also Josh Reynolds, he got man in the match, obviously been <coughs> dropped out of the New South Wales side. Uh, that, you know, he could have easily put his head up his bum and done nothing yesterday, but he came out and Well, he showed what, what you should do if you get dropped. Yep. The 40-20, set up a couple of tries. He was super aggressive. I still think he should have been sin-binned on yeah, that pull yeah. down on Justin yeah. O'Neill. Uh, that's not going to change the result. They still would have got pumped. But at yeah. the same time, I thought the the refs dropped the ball there. That was a cock-up. The other one I brought it up before was Tim Laffey. They were talking about him getting released. If there's a club needs a centre, someone surely has to look at the young bloke. Yesterday, especially, the, every time he seems to play after having that shoulder reconstruction last year, every time he gets a game this year, he seems to have got better and better and better the more NRL. Yeah, no, he's going good. But uh, Chris Ninu, he was another one. Uh, there's, there's not much else to be said. Their whole back line got plenty of space. They shifted all day. They got to the middle. They out-kicked them. They out-played them. Dominated the metres, line breaks, everything. There's nothing else. For Melbourne, uh, well, what can I say? Some kids got some first-grade games. Yep. That's about it. That's about Jesse it. Jesse Bromwich was uh, the only pl- player to get over 100 metres, and it shows because he's a Kiwi international. But besides that, uh, not much as you can say. They've both got the bye next week. Probably not bad timing, since it's just after Origin. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on the run home now if the Dogs can maintain that form and prove to be a top-four side and sneak their way in there. I think for them, they need to have a home final. Mm. I, I wouldn't want to be seventh or eighth if I was Desi with their inconsistencies this year. I'd want to be, you know, five or six. Well, you'd be happy just to land into the eight with the start of the season they have. So. <clears throat> yeah, most definitely, but I still think five or six is what they'd be aiming for. Yeah. Yep. And moving on from that, the Monday night game of the round, obviously Manly went up to North Queensland to face the Cowboys and uh, did them pretty convincingly, 34-14. to 14. Uh, Impressive that they ran away with it in the end, but I still think at the start, you know, they're a little lapsadaisical. Uh, North Queensland Cowboys, obviously, benched Tarek Sims this week. 
started a few young bloods and uh, gave some opportunities there to probably push claims for first grade football, but class prevailed in the end. Yeah, exactly. I think Cowboys completed fairly well at the start of this game, um, which kept them in it. But in the end, as you said, possession sort of uh, swung to Manly a little bit, um, and they ended up having seven more sets with the footy, so uh, that probably reflected on the scoreline. I don't think a 20-point gap probably did the Cowboys justice. I thought they they, uh, they tried really hard. They completed at 80%. So, uh, you know, it's just obvious they're missing um, Thurston. But um, Manly, that's that's two good wins in a row now for them. So they seem to uh, have run into a little bit of form at the right time of the year. Yeah, although I'm missing what now, but at the same time, uh, you can't exactly say that they're not, you know, doing that great. They've had to work on their bench a fair bit this year. Nick Skinner played his first game. Uh, Liggy Sauer debuted, another former Warriors junior, much like Hiku. So they're still fighting their feet. Yeah. But, uh, well, all the stats are pretty even. I mean, <clears throat> the only real glaring stat is the metres gained, and, and uh, Manly actually outgained the Cowboys by 380 metres. Yeah, so. a, lot, a lot of that would have been on the edges, though. They shift a lot. And, yeah, uh, you but know, I mean, all runs. They, they, <clears throat> and they only had 10 more runs than what the Cowboys did. So uh, Manly completed 85%. That's probably the key for them. Uh, the games that they've lost this year, and when they've looked fairly ordinary... They, uh, they seem to make a lot of errors and give field position to the opposition, but tonight that wasn't the case. Uh, they found themselves in a little bit of a battle probably for the first half an hour, but um, or even at the second half there when yeah, I, uh, that... I kicked it dead on the full uh, to start the game and, and then the Cowboys go down and score and they, they're leading, but <coughs> you just felt like, man, they were always going to get over the line. Yeah, all those issues were self-inflicted, though. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm getting at the 34-14. to 14. Probably doesn't flatter the Cowboys, but realistically, one of them is a drop ball from Brett Stewart from a grubber kid. And then that's come from, you know, the ball being kicked dead. I don't think the Cowboys uh, played bad, but it was, quite, it was a bit like the Melbourne kind of situation. When you take a few key players out, yep. it's all good to complete and uh, try and hang in the contest. But a side that had plenty of uh, NRL experience, bar what now there, mm. did the job. They forgot the internationals all over. Well, for me, I, Jamie Lyon obviously impressed. He would have been probably my man of the match. George Defua. George Defua, <clears throat> brilliant. Again. Uh, uh, brilliant. And you, you've been banging his drum for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. Justin Horro impressed me. Peter Hiku, um, he's a bit jack of all trades. He's been thrown around everywhere for Manly, but but just keeps getting the job done. Um, and Kieran Foran again, um, he, he was obviously very good. Uh, for the Cowboys, tough one. I thought Antonio Winnerstein defended well. He defended um, well. I thought Joel Reithmar. He's only he was his great. Third game. Yeah. He's he not. A, he's not tackled his bum off. Not a you know a very sharp or outstanding player, but as far as his workload's concerned, it's yeah. uh, very much a younger version of Dallas Johnson with a bit a bit more speed about him. He's got plenty of aggression. Yeah. Uh, I thought Tarek Sims was kind of disappointed considering he was benched. Don't think he really got to put his, his hang on the game. They didn't really have the ball or any. Great field position to put his edge run in use besides once, which he dropped it. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> as far as Blake's taking a starting opportunity, though, Jason Tamalolo let me down again. He had a, an awesome carry to start the game, then I didn't see him. Mm. Then he had one very good carry again in the second half, and I didn't see him again after that. So no. uh, if, if he was trying to send a message tonight, Neil Henry to Sims and a few other blokes and give some opportunities, I don't think there's too many that are really stamp their authority. On that game, the only, no. only real ones to me, like I said, Winnerstein, he's going to be in their side on the wing anyway when Brent Tate's back, but definitely showed why he started off in the centres at the Broncos. And I thought Tark Sims as well, like, come off the bench, he, he had a bit of an impact, but uh, I uh, mean, the still, game was sort of... Still didn't have the impact I would have expected. No. For a bloke who got me in the match, you know. I thought he defended well. Weeks, oh, I thought he defended well tonight. Got taken off, but Anthony Mitchell... Just way left field. He's barely played first grade this year. All of a sudden, he starts tonight. I know Neil Henry's probably trying to get a message across, but I don't think he did it. No, 
Uh, yeah, some strange coaching decisions happening up there. So uh, maybe he's got the desperation stakes with the Cowboys. Yeah, well, you know, the other one for me, Scott Moore, I've already said it before. I've got him on Twitter. He's been out doing plenty of drinking, so I can kind of understand why they're not giving him a go. And I can kind of understand from his point of view if there's a bit of a breakdown in communication that he's just pretty much doing the do. But why is he still contracted? Why, why, what, what's going on? Mm-hmm. If they're not using him and they know he's out doing, like he's not breaking any rules, I suppose. But if they're just at a loggerheads where it's like, okay, you're here, we're stuck with you, yeah. get rid of him, release him, send him home, piss him off to another club, do something with him. Because mm. uh, if Anthony Mitchell is getting a start, well, then as far as I'm concerned, you got some problems. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and that's been their issue all year, the nine position. So nothing's going to change. Um, yeah, well, and they, they haven't really done any recruiting in that position either. I mean, and the. The ship seems to have sailed a little bit, as we said earlier, on the Kevin Kingston um, scenario. So uh, they might be left high and dry again next year if they can't get one of these guys that isn't in their, in their squad currently uh, to fill that void. Yeah, well, they spoke about Louis prior, and now they've tried Thompson there. Uh, the only one they haven't tried yet is Morgan, but all these guys are genuine halves. They're not nines. I no. think Thompson's the only one who has some shot because he has a good defensive game, but... Uh, even at the same time, they say he's been working really hard to make it his own. I, I still don't think you can replace somebody who's been a hawker the whole way through. No. They need to get somebody who's established in that position. So, uh, Cowboys get the radar out, and preferably not another Englishman who's on the cans. But uh, I must say, Scott Moore, he's really let me down. Mm. I watched him play in England. I had big raps on him. He's just coming for a holiday. Mm. He really hasn't uh, tried well, to excel. Hopefully he can, he can turn it around next season, but the signs <coughs> don't look that promising. No, well, I think they'll end up part and company. But, yeah, pretty straightforward tonight. Missed the origin players, a lot of young blokes. Didn't really get the job done. Manly stumbled their way through, but once they clicked second half, there were some fantastic tries. So yeah. Titans for them next week at home at Brookvale. You'd have to think they'll probably chalk one up there. Like I said, they don't have too much origin backlash. The Titans still adjusting to life after Jamal Idris, after he busted his leg, the big fella. A couple of blokes will be coming back from origin. Uh, I'd have to think that Greg Bird's probably going to miss, regardless of how he goes health-wise after the origin. Mm. He's uh, got his own injury concerns. And the, and the Cowboys... We'll how, yeah, we'll see what happens with Origin. Cowboys have got the buyer, but I'm pretty much ready to put the pens with them as well. Yep, I've, uh, we've just both got the red pen out and they're gone skis. I think them and Brisbane uh, are both pretty much done dusted as far as I'm concerned for yeah. this year. Titans are the uh, the Queensland <clears throat> hope. Yeah, well, uh, even them, I think they're slowly, on the slowly feeling the, the struggle as a couple of teams are on the rise. But yep. that's the reviews for the round, so now we'll have a chat to Mr Gossip. It's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. Here he is again, and uh, my lack of effort continues. I've got nothing for you as far as the dramatic info. Well, the dramatic dramatic intro is the Benji uh, Marshall situation, so... Mr. Gossip, Mr. Gossip's a man to talk to. (laughs) It doesn't get any bigger than that, boys, and that's... uh... Yeah, Benji Marshall tonight has requested a release from his final two years of the contract and uh, headed off to rugby. Uh, we put it up on Mineral Gossip a couple of weeks ago that he was linked to the Waratahs and they're the favourites at the moment. But um, look, who gives a shit really where he goes? <laughs> the big news is he's, he's out and uh, yeah, goodbye Benji. Well, I think we've all made uh, our intentions pretty clear on the Benji Marshall situation uh, and I'm sick of saying it and I'm going to say it one more time. For anyone out there who is whinging, saying that the Tigers are doing wrong by him and they should stay loyal. He has two more years left currently, not just this year, 2014, 2015. He's already been adjusted 
for his pay and he's whinging about a handshake with a bloke that he wasn't smart enough to put down on paper for who now doesn't have a job yeah. for another two years on top. He wants four years in advance at a total of $3.2 million to that club and they've just got Farrow on 900000 and he's playing like an absolute retard. Yeah, well, so that, for that's... anyone who's going to complain about it, you need to seriously smash your head on a granite bench. Yeah. Well, let's break it down. Yeah. For, the, for the bloke who's not footy nuts like, obviously, us three are, He's uh, where would where would we say he is in terms of his potential on the field at the moment? I'd say he's probably at fifty percent. I wouldn't even say fifty. Yeah, that's probably a wrap to yeah. it. What do you reckon, Gossip? Yeah, well, we've seen the best days of Benji. He won yeah. him a premiership and good on him, but Jesus Christ, that was two thousand and five, a long time ago. How many finals? Uh, look, and yeah, and as yeah. Lewis said, he's currently contracted until the end of two thousand and fifteen. Is that right? Yeah, but he's yeah, already he's yeah, already, yeah, he's yeah, already yeah, so for the bloke sitting at home who doesn't understand it. So he's at the moment he's signed that. That's that's in his pocket, money for jam, that's his. Mm. Right? And he's yep. now then pushing on for an extension until the end of two thousand and seventeen. Yeah, and his money's four years yeah. down the track and at the moment he's playing at fifty percent of his, his his potential. He hasn't really shown much, as you just said, he hasn't mm-hmm. led the Tigers to a premiership since Prince left. And not um, even that, the finals series, the consistency and He's not even captain his own country. At this yeah. point in time, he's not captain his own country, and I wouldn't be picking him over Johnson or Foran. I'd be taking those no, two to the World I, Cup. I'd Benji's agree with that as there. well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's he's probably the bloke that's had the biggest impact on Tim Sheens' head rolling. Um, and, I mean, even Mick Potter's come under some pressure this year at different stages when the Tigers have struggled. And um, when your key guys aren't performing, you know, the last thing you'd expect them to do is come to the table and ask for a two-year extension on top of a a further two years they've already got to run on their current deal so it seems fairly selfish we don't know all the ins and outs of it but um, on the surface uh, any football club that makes that decision or made a decision to sign him for an extra two years on top of the two he already had to run would be ludicrous so they've made the right call well he's already got adjusted money though. that's the one thing a lot of people don't understand Part yeah. of his last contract said that when the TV deal happened regardless of what his contract was worth then yeah. he'd be scaled up so he's already moved up in pay and now he wants two more years on top. Yeah, he's if on I'm, the same percentage. If I'm the Tigers, so, okay. even if he wasn't asking for the extension, I'd still be dirty right now, thinking the fact that he's on close to 800 with two more years to go when he's playing like a spastic. Mm. Yeah, yeah the, the request was for an extension and an upgrade to the current contract. Yeah. Fuck, oh, he's so, kidding himself. Yeah. It, was, <laughs> it was very, very strange. But look, moving on from uh, Mr. Ego, uh, we'll go to Sean Johnson, uh, the Warriors. Now, the Panthers have had a little nibble at him, boys. Nothing too yeah. serious. They did offer 600 k about six weeks ago. Uh, Sean Johnson declined. He's quite happy uh, in New Zealand with his family over there. But look, the story out of this one, boys, is that 600k for Sean Johnson. That's a lot more money than he's currently on now, nearly three times that amount. So, if anything, this should wake up the Warriors to think: Is Sean Johnson uh, what we want going forward? Um, Do we increase his uh, his salary cap? Basically, I'll put it this way: If they're going to pay Sam Tompkins a million dollars, who's an untried product Mm. from New Zealand, and let Locke and Fishier and a couple other people go, I'll tell you what: This is one they better not be thinking about letting go. Yeah, they've got no one else in the halves. No, no offense to Thomas Lillewey. Great grinding player, has a red-hot go, but he's not controlling that side or getting around the park. And in their 20s system right now, besides Tilmavave, who was supposed to be the next 5'8", who's probably looking like being a centre, they don't have another half there. And if I'm Ivan Cleary, I'm very interested in hooking back up with him and uh, finding some way or shape or form to make sure Jamie Sauer doesn't last four years at Penrith. Mm. 
Well, yeah, we don't know. We don't know how that's going to go. So it's, I'd, it's I'd not fair John, to speculate on that. But John and Johnson, um, any day of the week. I, I, I said it. Earlier, yeah, but at the moment we're we're speculating. We're speculating, um, but he's off contract in the next year as well. So even if they want the upgrade, they're going to be in a fight. I'm sure. Penrith what would what would you guys be happy to pay Johnson? Six hundred is fine with me. At this point, six hundred is fine with me. He's yeah, but so are we saying that uh, is Johnson saying that he needs more to move to Penrith? No, it's just that Penrith have offered him the 600k and his manager's gone holy dooly. If that's the kind of money we can get yeah. on an open market, then we should be asking the Warriors for a bit of a top up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think it's more than just Well, they'd be mad not to. Put it that way, they'd be yeah, mad well, not right. to. You want to talk um, about potential and ceilings and everything else we spoke about before? People I've heard the last couple of weeks saying, like, he doesn't chase in defence. Has anyone seen some of the tries he stopped with his blinding speed the last couple of weeks? Yeah. Has anyone woken up since he realised that Maloney's gone and that it was his responsibility to take control of that team? He's more than done that. And going forward, like I said, to me, he's only just starting to figure out how good he can be, especially an organiser. I think he's been really, really good at that side of things as well as he's running game. Well, I don't want to compare him to Mr Marshall, but you put them side by side, and who are you paying the big bickies to? Well, you get Sean Johnson for cheaper, and he's got more potential and a lot more time on his side. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. But still on the Panthers, boys. Now, um, I had the script a couple of weeks ago that Kevin Kingston was on the outer. Um, look, the Raiders and the Eels have both made him offers. The Eels made him a fairly big uh, offer compared to the Raiders. Uh, he knocked it back, funnily enough, so it, it looked as though he was going to sign with the Raiders, but um, I'm hearing the Panthers are now uh, trying to get something together to keep him at the club. I don't think it's going to be as much as he'd probably get to Canberra, but look, it'll be interesting developments over the next couple of weeks, whether he stays at, at Penrith, but yeah, geez, he's, he's playing well and uh, the ultimate professional, really. We had this discussion um, fairly quickly earlier in the podcast. Look, I, I was shocked when Penrith uh, said to him that they weren't going to re-sign him. I thought his form before that uh, warranted uh, him to be offered another contract. His form since hasn't uh, has increased. It, it hasn't uh, dropped away. Uh, you know, club captain. I can see no reason why Penrith shouldn't make the effort uh, and try and get him on the books for next year because uh, he, he may not have a, a massive impact next year on the field, but just the way he is around the club and um, you know the culture they're sort of building there, and, and you're seeing it because they're they're getting hammered by injuries that club and. Regardless of who they're bringing in, they're all doing the job. So it's obviously a happy, a happy place. So I think he's probably an important piece in that. And um, if Penrith can keep him, uh, I think they should make every every effort to do so. And I've quite enjoyed something I don't think a lot of people have picked up on is when him and Seguiara have been at the field on the same time. Getting out of dummy half and feeding each other the ball or taking scoots and being like an extra ball player. Even if that means... If this whole point of him being let go was to get Seguiara more game time, well, make the deal with him, try and keep him there, because he's a fantastic bloke and he's a leader, and just readjust the game time. If you want to structure the plan to suit Seguiara getting more minutes, I still can't see why you wouldn't have Kingston there. I don't think that's the issue. I don't think Kingston will mind playing second fiddle to to Seguiara. I doubt he would either, if he's happy there. He's much happier just to stay there and and be a part of the club going on the up, because he's he's, uh, put up with a lot of crappy years there at Penrith. Yeah, that's right. Well, that was the promise, apparently, was that Goss did, did promise to go, um, that, he, that he will be wearing the number nine permanently. So, yeah. uh, Goss is probably just trying to live up to the promise, but, um, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll just speak to Chico, and I'm sure, like you said, I'm pretty sure that he'd be happy to share the nine with Kevy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
the Bulldogs boys made a, just a small signing, I guess um, you could say, uh, and that's for the Eagles, Pat O'Hanlon. Uh, I'm not sure what you guys make of that young fella. Yeah, me, I, don't, I don't mind. Me and Brock are a bit tall on this one. I don't rate Pat O'Hanlon. I think Pat mm. O'Hanlon's, uh, you know, he, he, he probably a decent build, but I think he runs too upright. I don't, don't really see a, a great amount in him, even in his time in power. He, he's coming and. You know, he has a go, but as far as what they've got there, I suppose their New South Wales Cup side's been torn apart the last few years. Their 20s are okay, so it's, it's okay for a bit of depth, I suppose, but I don't see him being an NRL threat. Not with Fanuk and Jackson and the young blokes like that. How old is he? He's my age. He's 23. Okay. So he's he's coming into those those prime years as a front rower. Um, I mean, they would have got him on the cheap because he's obviously one of the ones that Ricky said see you later to. So, I mean, he's, he's worth a pun. I, I don't mind him. I, I've got to be honest. I, don't, I, I really don't mind him. If I was Parramatta, there's far worse players on their roster than Pat O'Hanlon. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, like, like you said, they got him on the cheap. He was on Ricky's famous unwanted list on mm. the overhead projector. So, mm. yeah, they got him on the cheap. Um, also on the Bulldogs boys, uh, Graham, the big Tommy lad, um, he's got a big offer from the Warrington Wolves. Um, but look, uh, he's an unfinished business here in the NRL. I think he'll stay uh, a Bulldog. He wants to win a premiership. But uh, look, if, uh, if the Pom gets greedy, he may head back to Warrington. But I see him staying in the Bulldogs. Yeah, well, I'd love to see him stay over here because I think the bloke's an absolute champion, even though he bit half of Billy Slade's head off. <laughs> uh, it, it, but take that point out of it. To me, I said it before. When they were worried about Chris Keating playing halves, I wouldn't have any shame throwing a seven on James Graham's back. The bloke's a weapon. Mm. His all-round game, uh, his skill set, oh, just everything about him. There's, there's nothing I don't like about James Graham besides Vaseline at the back of his legs. But Nate Miles sorted that out quick smart anyway. <laughs> just smeared him with it. So yeah, he, he learned his lesson quick and the biting. But uh, if, if he if he was to go back over to England, I'd be fairly disappointed. I enjoy watching James Graham play. Yeah, hopefully he stays. I love watching him play. He's, he's awesome. He's an old school front rower, um, but again, money will be the money will talk. So yeah. we'll, we'll just see what happens. But um, well, Warrington could probably do with him. Uh, I know they're up the pointy end over there, and if they snared him, that'd certainly help him. Uh, get that elusive Super well, I, League I don't know about that. There, he, he, he's synonymous with losing grand finals. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Regardless of what the poor bastard does. He's playing against the Rhinos, but best yeah, team in the well, world. He lost to Melbourne, too. Best team in the world, the Rhinos. Yeah, this wanker's sitting there. You're a Kevin Sinfield. Listen, listen to him. Listen to him. He bites like a fish. <laughs> like an absolute shark. Because you, you agree you're a Kevin Sinfield fan. As if he should have won the Golden Boot. That's no, he, sh- he, sh- he shouldn't have, but Kevin Sinfield's a good player. Yeah, because he's playing the Super League. Uh, Come, there, mate. <laughs> where, where is Kevin? When, when was Kevin going to come in and have a go? Well, what he, dominating he, the comp he, wins a, he wins a comp over there every year. Yeah, playing against retards. Oh, who cares? Yeah, his hand tied around his back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, still on big, big bulldogs and big offers. Uh, big Frankie Pritchard's got a deal with the Salford Reds. I'm hearing he's. Um, his manager's talking to them at the moment. A lot more money, obviously, than what he did here at uh, in Sydney uh, for Canterbury. So, look, it'll be interesting to see uh, Frankie if he does go over there. It'd be a loss to the game. I'm a big fan of Frankie, probably because he's a Penrith junior. But, um, oh, look, he's, he's been around for a while now. So, look, it'll be interesting to see where he decides. Well, I've been a bit disappointed this year because I thought he was outstanding his few years. He's been at the Dogs. Uh, I know he didn't play on the weekend. But if you know, I think the Bulldogs will probably take that if he says he wants to leave. I reckon they'll take a bit of cap relief, to be honest. Because mm, Finucane and Jackson yeah. are still uh, on the go. They've got Eastwood, Tom, and that they've squeezed plenty in. And you just mentioned Graham. I think that, that'd give him a bit more money to probably barter with Graham to stay. Well, and then you've got like, guys like Clemmer, 
um, also who well, are pushing the, through. They've already played Clemmer a fortune, so mm-hmm. he'd better want to get healthy and do his job. Yeah. Well, they, they, they've yeah. got plenty of, plenty of young depth there, so that's that's a part of how the salary cap works. Um, the guys who are probably on the on the back end of their career on, on big money are, are going to get moved sideways for these younger fellas with more potential. That's right. just how it works. Yeah, he did get that new deal, but seriously, I'd be surprised if they didn't consider releasing him for a bit of cat relief because... I think Dale Finucane in particular this year has probably been better than Josh Jackson, even though Josh Jackson started on fire. But those two, they have to be priority retention, I think. Uh, the Eels boys, now, we spoke about Ricky Stewart's famous overhead projector and people on that list. Now, Willie Tonga was on that list uh, not to be re-signed, but look, I'm hearing that Ricky's done a bit of a backflip on Willie Tonga and he's going to re-sign with the club. Uh, look, guys, he, he's another one like Benji that his best years were sort of five, six years ago. Um, I don't see much him. In fact, Vare from the Panthers um, showed him up a couple of times on the weekend. But I know he's back from a big spell, but I just don't think Willie Tonga's got it in him anymore. Well, I think it's just the key thing you said there. He, he's, he's a bit older, but he's had plenty of injuries. You know, early on he was hurt uh, before when he was a Parramatta junior, which led him to the Bulldogs and... He played some more up footy, then he was injured again and went flat and went to the Cowboys and had another kind of spell there where he played good footy but got injured and surprise, surprise, he's turned up on Paris to step on good money. He's been injured again and now he's back. But we're, we're talking almost four stints here, some pretty decent injuries and he's probably near and closer uh, to the back end, you know, almost the three O's. So you'd have to be thinking they could get somebody else or if not if they're going to re-sign him it better be on the cheap that's for sure yeah my my, uh, my comment on this would be how much for yeah, how much how money much. Um, uh, there's plenty of upside in him and especially now that Loco's busted as well um, I, I didn't think he did too bad on the on the weekend I just in attack he, playing it in for Parramatta you're not going to get any decent ball you know the only time he really gets the ball with any space is running from dummy half um, in in defence, yeah, Ware, Ware went in and away on him a couple of times, but um, that's going to happen, especially coming back from injury and how long he's been out. But um, I, I think he's one of the players. You look at, you look on the team sheet for Parramatta and you go, oh, you know, he's he's one bloke we're going to have to we're going to have to watch out for. So I mean, if if next year they could uh, they could get Sandow in form, Hain, and then you got Loco and Tonga in the centres. It's yeah, not well, about you're forgetting about Hopewater so. here. So in my eyes, he's staying on the cheap or he's gone because Hopewater and Loco. Yeah, but as, as I said, it depends on how much he's getting paid. And, and he'd be playing at Wenny as well until one of those two gets no, there. No, there's no way he'd, he'd be. Well, Hopewater's not if going on fit, the wing. If he's fit, he's playing. Hopewater's not going on the wing. Well, Hayne will go play six, and Hopewater will play one. Don't, you've, uh, got to, you've got to fit him in the side. Like if you yeah, well, about it, you've got you, to fit you him just forgot Corey Norman that they've paid half a million dollars as well. He so. can play seven. Get yeah, Sandow. and Sandow's on five fifty. Yeah. What do you do? Send him back to Winnie. He can go to Salford. <laughs> you got to think about the money. They've already spent money. So if Tonga's staying, Tonga's staying on the cheap. Yeah, if he's on the cheap, put him on the sting. <laughs> uh, talking about people who are unhappy, guys. David Shillington. I touched him a couple of weeks ago that the Broncos were very keen. They withdrew their offer. But look, I'm hearing boys at Shillington that the, the big friendly John looks like a nice guy, but he's a very cranky young lad at the moment. Pissed off that he was dropped by the Queenslanders. He's not getting on with the head office at, uh, at Canberra, not getting on the coaching staff. He wants out immediately. So, look, it'll be interesting to see where David goes. I know he wants to go to Queensland, so who knows? He might be tapping back on the Broncos' door. Well, David, <laughs> if you go to the Broncos, if you're pissed off about getting dropped from Queensland, champ, look how you played, you spade. Uh, sort that out first. I know he. 
had a good game the other week, but one game's not going to get you back in after the way they played in game two. So, and Jacob Lilliman, Jacob Lilliman is an absolute warrior. I would have any day taken him as the 18th man or had him in if someone was going to get back in through uh, default tomorrow. It wouldn't be Dave Shilton. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. My only concern his, here, uh, my only his concern, form warrants. Yeah, you his go. form doesn't warrant to be selected for Queensland. No, his form doesn't warrant a big contract. No, so jam it. And I mean, Wayne Bennett had the famous one that you know you don't pay front rowers more than five hundred more, more, more than three hundred back then, but that'd be more five hundred now. Well, my only thing for Canberra right now, as far as front row stocks are concerned, Leroy Lars is coming off contract. He's on about four hundred fifty k. There's no way. He's getting anywhere near that money, let alone I probably wouldn't re-sign him. He's well, where is he? Is he? Re- is he's he injured, injured still. Okay. He's about borderline coming back for New South Wales Cup, I think. Yeah. Brett White just got a year. He's only there for leadership purposes. Uh, a few blokes have said that he's been really good around the club. He's injured again. Dane Tills is obviously getting older, and he's not the greatest front row in the world. And now you've got Shillington with the shits, and he's 29 going on 30 as well. Yeah. So as far as uh, my only concern here is if they're going to offload him and Brett White and Tills are there. The only young front row they've got playing grade right now who's up to the standards, Paul Vaughan. So they need to... If they're going to chop these few blokes or they're going to start moving them on, well, they better start looking at some front row stocks because mm. you can't just strip the joint out and uh, rely on a young fella to try to take the take the front. Yeah. Either that or Papali or someone's going to have to shift in and start playing Twitter. Well, Papali could play front row. Yeah, but would you want to take away what he gives you on the edge? I no, I'd rather him in the middle. He'll kill people in the middle. He'll kill people in the middle, but your bloody yeah. attack. His attack's outstanding. Yeah, oh, it'll just be they got they got a lot of uh, young, good young players. Canberra. So the only problem is they're um, all halfbacks and backline players. Well, they're going to have to play one of those guys. You can't get rid of. Um, yeah, well, out of those, all, all those, all those, blokes. out of those three we've just spoke of, though, Lars isn't healthy. Brett White's only got a year left. Shillington's the one you need to keep, really, because I don't think yeah. Tills is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You need to keep one of them. Um, so. And if I had to pick one, it probably would be Shillington, yeah. yeah. Look, so the Raiders boys, um, young Sam Williams, he's finally got a contract. They've been shopping him around since November last year. His original asking price is around 500k. He didn't get that, which, thank God, he's not, not worth it at this point in his career anyway. Look, he signed a one-year deal with the Dragons for next year with a, an option for another year. Uh, it was interesting to see how he goes at the Dragons. They've got young Harry Syker coming through as well. They've got Drinkwater there playing for some pub side down there. But, look, they've got a few halves there now the Dragons to play with for next year. Yeah, well, just a thumbs up right now, Steve Price. You've officially ruined Josh Drinkwater. I heard he played A grade or something. Uh, last week, not even New South Wales Cup. So whatever's going on there, nice one, Pricey. You, mm. You've done a fantastic job. Two-year two, two year deal for, you know, what is potentially a great half that played for a wooden spoon side in the 20s and killed it. Even if he wasn't bad, Nick, moving forward, they still didn't give him an opportunity. I'd love like, to know, like, where he's training during the week. Is he training with the NRL squad or is he is he with the NRL squad early in the week and gets punted off to, to an A-grade well, he, side? He's, like, I mean, he's got a two-year deal with the, in the NRL squad. So he would have been, but someone said last week he was playing for... He played like A grade or something like that. He didn't play cup. Yeah, he did. Yeah, absolutely, he did. He so, got cut from the cutters. <laughs> he, he cut and I tell you what, they're, they're the last people that should be cutting somebody at this point in time. They've got either. Jared Hickey playing for him. Cross the body. He ate a baby. Frid, I'm fridge on legs. He's got a beanbag for a stomach, though. That's good. I like it. Hanging at the bottom of the jersey, it's good. Oh, bloody hell. I, I saw him playing the other week. I thought, Christ, I'll strap the boots back on. Oh, I'm, I'm plenty happy for Sammy. He's a really good egg and uh, he's a pretty good halfback. But I'm more disappointed the way they sent him to the Raiders because the Raiders, 
have brought him up all the way from back in the day. They used to pick him up from St. Greg's midweek and drive him all the way back down there to play Harold Matthews and ball without even training with him. So the fact it's got to this point where it's a bit unceremonious and obviously things aren't ending on good terms is pretty disappointing. Yeah, well, but let's have a look at it for the, dra- the Dragons. Well, I mean, Widop and Williams to me, that's Widop, a pretty good Williams, half Williams, Dugan, and then you've got Mitch Rain. Like, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a nice spine. And you um, saw Craig Garvey the other week. He's a great young hooker as well. So as far as I'm concerned, they could have a nice young spine and a, a good yeah. rotation. Definitely. They just need to, obviously, the, some of the older fellas they've got there, they just need to move them aside. But there, there seems to be, and our criticism of the Dragons at the start of the year was that there didn't seem to be much of a plan there. Like, well, I, I like what I'm saying plan, at the moment. Who's coming in and who's coming out and what their recruitment policy is. Yeah, and we're both impressed now. This is what we but were I, sort of getting at before. But Even with these young forwards, though, that I'm happy with, like Frizzell and DeBellin, it's going to take longer for those kind of guys to mature. Well, they're still a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. but next year, I'm, I'm a lot happier with what's on that paper. I, I don't know whether they'll make the eight next year, but I think they'll be much closer to it, much more competitive than what they have been this year. The year after, I think, with what we've just spoke about, or who we've just mentioned, I think... You're probably looking at a potential top four. They'll be consolidating, and you'll be looking at young players breaking into rep sides, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you look at the Dragons, and then you look at the Tigers, what they're going to be next year, and they're going to be in shambles. Now, they're back up to their old tricks. They've lost Ashford to Cronulla. And I'm hearing Tim Maltzen's also in talks with St. Helens. So they're just losing players left, right and centre of the Tigers. Yeah. Well, the Ashford one I'm disappointed about, but I can't really say his form's been outstanding the last two years. Uh, as far as Maltzen's concerned, he's been injured a few times now. He's right. So in, in, on that term either, I'm not really disappointed. I'm not replacing Tedesco for him. And I'm not going to move Luke Brooks on... I, I think uh, you know, I, I think Mick Potter's doing a great job with the Tigers. Yeah, well, whenever I see people leaving, I sort of go, "Well, yeah, fair call." You got to look who he's blooded though. Simone is killing it. Like Nofaluma is killing it. I really, I really rate what Mick Tedesco is going forward. Sirian's going to turn into a back row. He's mm-hmm. a, an absolute giant of a human. They've got some really good kids coming through. Sao Su, uh, Masilla probably needs to pull his boots up, but they've blooded plenty of kids this year. I think they're going to be a lot better for it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I, I like Mick Potter. He reminds me of sort of Ivan Cleary in that they just they don't care what number you're running your back or who the hell you are. That's right. They'll drop you if you're not performing. Yeah, That's yeah. the way it should be. Same as Pettyboy. Same as Pettyboy. He's moved him on, but he, he's got money there too. So next year, watch out for the Tigers. I think that they'll be red on the market, I think. Yeah. Yeah, well, especially now that Benji's asked to release, it's going to free up a shitload of money. So, mm. look, who knows? They may even have a play for Sean Johnson. Who knows? Mm. Well, he's another one that'd you be can nice. Put with young Luke Brooks. There's well, plenty yeah. of options. And then there. you got Farrah and you got Tedesco. I think Tedesco is a player on the up. He's going to be real good. Yeah. I think Wade Graham. Maybe if I, I might be losing my mind here, Fence and there's a few decent forwards off next year as well. If they're looking for more of a marquee forward to help out a good old 500k Adam Blair. Mm. <laughs> They might sign a couple of Storm players and turn them into absolute shit like this is the Blair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can keep yeah. taking them if they keep asking us for half a mil, no worries. Mm. <laughs> and look, the last one I got tonight, boys, um, the Cowboys. Now, we know that Matty Bowen sort of, he's got back from injury tonight and didn't play all that well, to be honest. But um, look, he's probably going to be on the out. They're probably going to give him the flick. So, look, they're very keen on Lachlan Coot at Penrith now. Cootie, as we know, he played fullback the past couple of years for Penrith, but trained in the halves and the off-season. But look, the Panthers have got Isaac John and they've got um, Jamie Sauer at the club next year. So Coot really, nowhere for him to go. Um, more than that fullback for Penrith. So look, it could be a good signing for the Cowboys to play one or even uh, play six or seven with JT. Uh, Robert Lewis playing like a bastard. So look, it'd be a good pick-up for the uh, Cowboys, I think, boys. Yeah, well, all I could say to them is they'd want to be getting him 
on the reasonable cheap too because I don't think a lot of people realise how many injuries Lock and Coots had in a short period of time. He's had a, a knee reconstruction. He's got a current injury now. I'm pretty sure he's had a shoulder peck as well and the peck. So if you want to, you know, he, he's a lighter weight kind of bloke, but he's had plenty of injuries for someone who's only 23. Mm. He, he's one of these blokes that uh, is probably a victim of his size. When, um, when he's, he's on, he's got good. Great, oh, he's got great skill, but he just gets bashed. Mm. And bashed. It, it's, it's he's, he's not a real big fella. He's, he's a tiny fella, but... Um, like you said, he, he definitely shouldn't be one that falls through the cracks. He's no. been, uh, he's going to be a victim of circumstance at the Panthers. Uh, Matt Moylan's just come through and killed it. So um, he's going to be the incumbent in the one position for next year, barring injury to him, obviously. But um, and Coot's going to be he's going to be taking up a lot of your cap um, or, or a decent chunk of your cap. So yeah, it seems like uh, it'd be a smart move for for Penrith to sort of try and move him sideways. And much the same for the Cowboys. They've signed a bloke, you know, like Hesman, Hezron Mergar or something on a two-year deal. He plays Q Cup. He's 27. Mm-hmm. Green Shields, I don't know if he's got anything on beyond this year, but uh, Coot's probably not a bad option at all. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Done. All right, well, we've notched all that up. Uh, we're not going to do our tips, obviously, this early in the week, but obviously Wednesday night, mate, we've got the Origin game, so I'll grab three things off you. Who do you think's going to win? First try scorer and man of the match. Yeah, well, well I, I, I think that um, with Gallon now, I don't think it really changes much, boys. Um, I, I sort of think back to 2004 with the grand final with the Bulldogs and the Roosters when um, the, the, the Roosters were heavy favourites and Stephen Price, the Bulldogs captain, pulled out from a week before the game and everyone said they got no hope. Everyone lifted for him and they won the grand final. I just, I just think that the, the, the Blues will do that again. Um, I think the Blues will win by eight. Um, first try scorer, I'll go Darius Boyd. And man of the match, I'll go uh, Crikey Moses. I'll go uh, Bird. Bird. Nice. Brock? Bird, Bird, Bird. Uh, I think New South Wales. Jesus. Uh, I'll say New South Wales by seven. First try. <clears throat> first try, first try. I think I tipped one with MG. Who did I say with MG? I don't remember. I can't remember either. Um, I said Farrah, man of the match. Um, I think he's got to have a big one for us to win. Um, I don't know. I'll go Hoffman. Oh, no, I think I said, I said Maloney. Maloney you first said Maloney. try. Well, for me, I, I went and got a bit both ways. If New South Wales win to me, it's only by two. I think... Uh, We're going to be sweating bullets if that's the case. Yeah, and as far as... If I was going to go with my head, if not my real prediction, even though it kills me to say it, I think Queensland by eight. Uh, as far as a try scorer... Inglis or Boyd, it's always the same kind of deal. If he doesn't tip it on, he crashes over. For New South Wales, I reckon Luke Lewis and man of the match, I uh, go the bloke from game two, Cameron Smith, if uh, he's isolated or he, he breaks it out. And man of the match, I'll go Lewis. Because uh, last time these wet conditions, our forwards are much better. On so that you've, soggy had, you've ground. had two cracks. I have. I've gone if it's What's Queensland or if it's New South Wales. Oh, I'll give you, them both splinters, champ? Good. Very mean. Good. No need to get in touch I, I had a rumour this morning that um, Maloney may start from the bench and then might put Bird at six for the first what? 15, yeah. 20 well, I'll tell you what, oh. if, if that's what we've got coming to us, well then, Jesus. my statement earlier to MG about feeling like an orphan for the last seven years who told that it's get, got told he was being adopted and is still standing out the front waiting to get picked up, he's going to continue. Oh, man. Where, where do they come up with this stuff? 
Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you what, he wouldn't be. He, I don't know where we're sitting, but we're, we've got pretty decent seats close to halfway. He wouldn't want to be within a bottle throw of my <laughs> bloody arm if that happens. I'll tell you, because I won't be happy. Uh, I got an email this morning from some niff-nuff down at Shell Harbour, so yeah. I don't know how true it is, but... Um, you might have yeah, woken up from a heroin up. binge. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, who knows, but uh, I did have a little chuckle. I didn't bother sort of posting it up on Gossip. I thought I wanted to make a few laughs there. I'll, I'll let League Freak be a, a dickhead for all of us, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does a pretty good job, right? <laughs> <laughs> the poor lad, eh? So you think of it. Look, if they did something like that um, daily, really, he's got to be in his last legs. If he does something like that and it doesn't pay off, he's going to look like a goose. It's all right. We'll just keep giving the job to uh, X58s. Trent Barrett can be next, and then yeah. Freddie can have a crack after that. We'll, just, we'll keep going until Jesus. one of them gets a victory. They'll be cracking VBs before the game if Freddie gets put, the put job. Put Johnsy in. Get Johnsy in. Take him out for a real bonding session. We'll just sort it out. Finchie. Oh, Jesus. Mate, F- Finchie, he's, he's already got priorities, mate. He's playing for the Storm. He's yeah. all right. Or whatever he wants to play for. Yeah, whatever's going down. Uh, alrighty, we'll uh, we'll talk to you Thursday night, my friend. Yep, no worries, and uh, go the Blues. Well, let's hope so. Yep, that's that's that, that's exactly it. Let's otherwise, so. otherwise, I might not talk to you Thursday night. <laughs> Thursday night, I might be arrested. <laughs> might be arrested. Might be a boycott. <laughs> oh, I'll go and ride, and if they get beat this time, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I, think I can take it much more, guys. Honestly, I just. No. Yeah, well, it's demoralising after the second one, so I don't know how I'm going to be. Might have a day off. <laughs> might have a day. Might, you know, listen to The Cure, lock yourself in your room, <laughs> close the curtains. <laughs> 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 uh, Alrighty, well, have a chat to you on Thursday. Have a good one. All right, lads. No See worries, you, mate. See you, buddy. See you. Bye. A big thanks, as always, to Mr. Gossip. Uh, you know how it works. Head up to the search bar, type in NRL Gossip. And on Twitter, it is at NRL Gossip. But for now, we're going to move into a couple of questions that have been posted on the page by you guys uh, about the upcoming Origin on Wednesday night. Having trouble keeping track of all the play movements and signings in the NRL? Want to know who your team has re-signed, who they gained, and who they've lost for the next season? Well, check out www.zerotackle.com for all the latest news and rumours on the NRL. Zerotackle.com. Alrighty, what have we got on the page box here? Alright, a couple of uh, questions from the fans. Andrew Wales, he wants to know, and this is a question we probably didn't get to gossip and MG, but will we get some beef on Wednesday night? As far as I'm concerned, if someone's head doesn't get concave, <laughs> well then I'm not getting my money's worth. Yeah, I agree. Um, Hitesh Sampat, <clears throat> if Queensland have a decent lead, will we see Daly Cherry Evans play more of a playmaker role like Cronk used to off the bench when Lockyer and Thurston used to run the show? To be honest, this week they've been coming out saying he's the X-Factor, he's this and that. To be honest, I don't think he's really going to have too much effect on the game. Now that I've said that, he's probably going to come out and set up a try or score a ridiculous one. But uh, I think he'll just get a similar role to Cronk. He might get 10, 15 minutes. But other than that, I think they'll stick to the the, the game plan in, in those wet conditions. They'll be looking to keep... Uh, keep the ball, not drop the pill, kick long and try and pressure us more than anything. I don't think they'll be trying to go too outlandish and let three playmakers lose. No. I, I tend to agree. I I can't really see the role that Cherry Evans is going to have, especially on this slippery surface. But, um, mate, and the question was, if they have a decent lead, um, of course. If they've no, got a decent lead, decent he, lead, he will for sure. They he might get, get him out time. there and look to really put the grind on. But I think... Uh, the most important player on their bench this week again is Papali. Mm. I think Papali's small stint in the last game uh, with an effect a, with a lead, 
you know, it, it didn't really matter. But his, his overall effect or attitude when he came out wasn't complacent. He had an impact. I think uh, in these conditions, he's not really one to be blunted by the wet. He's still a writ unit. He's a, a bit of a beast in defence. So I think his impact will be a lot more important than that of Cherry Evans. Definitely. Last question. Nathan Halliday, does all the complaining in the media about referees influence the officiating? Most definitely. I agree. I reckon referees read it. We look at how it was Denny refereed in the second game. Reads it. They whinged about the markers that got pinned. They've whinged about the penalty counts. We've never won one up there. We've said that and that, that had occurred and they called some stuff out. Now they're saying that they haven't won a penalty count in Queensland. This is in Melbourne or in New South Wales for God knows how long. All of them have their agendas. The referees do listen. There's no doubt about it. Mm. None of them want to be hated. But at the end of the day, uh, they're going to be hated regardless. There's no possible way for anyone to uh, be happy with the refs and Daniel Anderson last week when they had an interview in the paper with Bill Harrigan he came out and said it himself that being the refs boss is a poison chalice there's no way to win mm. I tend to agree I, I don't think it should have an effect um, but it does there's no no doubt about it uh, hopefully we get the rub of the green it's our home game I, I tend to think the home side gets the rub of the green It's crap about um, in Melbourne they got um they get the rub of the green. It's a neutral venue. Well, I'll put it to you this way. And let's it's just more of a home game. Let's leave it plain and simple. I just hope New South Wales don't leave it in a position where it's two or four points and they get to bring the penalty yeah. count up. Yeah. Hopefully, we just beat the crap out of them. Yeah. Get a good win like we did in the first game. There's no possible way or excuse for them to come out and whinge this year or next year when the series kicks off again and say something stupid like game three, this penalty count, or you know that's the difference between the two points or four points. Mm. But, uh, you know, that, that's me just living in sky-high dreams. So, <laughs> fingers crossed. Well, that's us. That's us for uh, for Origin Preview anyway. Yep. Well, I'll kick the wrap up right here. So, as always, this one's going to be available straight away from tonight. And Thursday, we're obviously going to do the review version and the tips in the weekend and have Mr. Gossip and the Centibet odds. Yeah, all but, the wrap up from Origin. But for now, if you want to get into contact with us at Twitter, it's at fifth and last. That's the letter N, not the word and. Email is fifth and last podcast at hotmail.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. And on Facebook, head up to the search bar and type in fifth and last NRL podcast. Podomatic, iTunes, like it, share it, review it if you can, uh, get it to your friends. And uh, please, oh please, Lord, let us win the New South Wales, uh, the Origin Series. Please, just something. Give us something. Talk to you uh, Thursday, guys. See you, guys. Give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.